Well, good morning and welcome to STSA Church Online. I'm excited to be here. I hope you are as well. We're kicking off a brand new series today, a four-week series called Disconnected. And I am so excited about this new series and the benefit that I think it can bring to us that I even brought a special friend with me, someone that I've been connected to um, for more than 19 years now, and she's going to help me um, in today's session here today. But before we get to that, let me start by asking you a question. How many people, show of hands at home, how many people are ready to get back to normal? Yeah, my hand is up way high. How many people, we're all probably at that point right now, how many people are ready to go back to some sense of normalcy, to go back to, you know, wearing pants and, and the kind of pants that don't begin with yoga or sweat or pajama? How many people are ready for that? How many people are ready to leave the house and not be afraid of who they run into? How many people are ready for get-togethers? How many people are ready to go back to church? How many people are ready to start using toilet paper without feeling guilty for every square that they're using? I think we can all agree there. I'll ask you one more question, and this one I don't want you to raise your hands for. How many people are ready to get a little bit of space from the people that they're quarantined with? You see, when this quarantine first started, it was like a fun little break, okay? And I, you know, we were all excited, and this is great, and, and you know, more time at home, less time alone in the car, more time with just our family. But soon we started to realize some problems with that. And that is more time at home, less time alone in the car, and more time with just family. And what we realized is that extra time put an extra strain on a lot of the relationships that were closest to us. I saw a joke recently. Someone sent me a, a, a video of a guy telling quarantine jokes. One of the jokes was there was a guy and he was being offered a choice. So, you know, the voice says to the guy, you know, the quarantine is going to go on for however much longer. It looks like it's going to be for, you know, a while. And you have two choices. Option A, you spend this quarantine with your wife and your children. Or B, and the man said, B, B, the answer is B. Whatever it is, the answer is B. B is the right answer. I'm going with B no matter what it is. The answer is B. Because while spending more time together is great, it for sure has added more challenges in all of our relationships. Um, it's kind of like going on vacation. When we're stuck together in close quarters, it reveals things that we didn't know necessarily were there. And some small things are rising to the top. So... That's why we're starting a new series here today, four weeks called Disconnected, and we're going to talk about the most important component of relationships, which is communication. But actually, we're not going to talk about communication as much as we're going to talk about miscommunication and how to avoid the miscommunications that are so common and cause so many problems in our relationships. And what we're going to see is how each one of us is wired uniquely and how our unique wiring affects the way we communicate, both what we say and how we hear what other people say. This series is going to be based on a book called I Said This, You Heard That by an author named Kathleen Edelman. And as soon as I saw this book, I said, this book needs no subtitle, okay? Because we've all been in a position, like we all get this. We all know what it means that I said something, but something else was heard. 
And I'm sure we all have a story to share about a time where this took place, where I said this and someone else heard something like that. And if that's you, you're certainly not alone. And I'd like to introduce someone who's going to join us here, who is going to share a story about one time where uh, we had a little bit of a miscommunication. So I know you're not in the same room as me, but STSA family, if you don't mind, please give a clap at home, clap at home, warm welcome to my lovely wife, Mary Ann. Who Hi. Would you... I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Miss you guys. So Mary Ann, you have a story that you want to share about a time where, um, and I said that you heard this kind of a moment. So why don't you share with our, with our audience here. Sure, so this is a story Avuna would really like me to share, uh, which has to do with uh, a vacation that we took, which was when Michael was just a baby 15 years ago. We were at, in Sarasota. We'd spent the day at the beach. We had a great day and uh, we went yeah. out to dinner and we went to this nicer restaurant that had a really good, I had ordered a burger and fries. And I remember those fries were probably the most delicious fries I had ever tried in my entire life. And I kept saying, these fries are good. Do you want some? He said, no, I'm good. I have my food. And somehow it would give me great joy for him to try these fries. So I said, I am absolutely done these fries. Are you sure you don't want them? And he said, no, I don't want the fries. I said, no, <laughs> I do not want the fries. Okay, very simple. I do not want the fries. Go ahead. And um, so the fries just sat there for a while. And then it was time for us to leave. <laughs> And I said, I'm not going to let these fries go to waste. So I started eating them on our way out of the restaurant. And uh, this caused a bit of a fight because basically I was saying something, not really meaning it. I said I was done with the fries. And then I kept eating the fries. And he said, but you said you were done. And um, anyhow, Abuna, it, it went into let your yes be yes and your no be no and turned into a big thing. Uh, so that was our French fry story. You know, when we, when we were chatting <laughs> about sharing a story of miscommunication, we, we had many options to choose from. We did have a good uh, amount. Uh, we chose this story because to this day... To this day, it's still unclear as to who was right. And in this house, it's kind of divided. Two people in the house think that she was in the right and don't understand this position. And two people in the house think the exact opposite. So the point of telling you that whole story was to show how really we are uniquely wired. And some of you heard that story and you're like, of course, Father Anthony's right. She said, no, she doesn't want it. Why would she eat it after she said she doesn't want it? And of course, some of you are out there like, is the guy a monster? <laughs> like the lady's just trying to be nice. So it just shows how God made us all uniquely. And that gets us to our main, our key thought for this series. And that's this. It's that even though we're using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. Even though we're using the same words, we might not be speaking the same language. All of us communicate using the same words, but those words may mean different things to different people. I'll give you an example. Look at just even between where we live here in the United States of America and across the ocean to England. We both speak the English language, but there are some words that have different meanings in both in, in different languages. Like for example, you say chips here, and that means potato chips. You say it over there, it's like fish and chips, it means like french fries. The word football has a different meaning here than anywhere else in this world. The same word, different meanings. One of the things I discovered too on a trip to England one time is the word pants does not mean the same thing in England as it means here, okay? 
the word pants, you can look it up later, does not mean what you think it may mean. And I had an embarrassing moment where I, I, I discovered that. So anyway, it's the same in communication, okay? When it comes to communication, there are words that we say, and they mean one thing to the speaker and another thing to the hearer. And since you're so good at telling stories, I got a little story to share as well. And that is <clears throat> one time, it was our first year of marriage, okay? We had just gotten married in May, and I was celebrating my birthday in August. It was our first birthday um, that we were a married couple. And I told her, I don't want to do anything for my birthday, okay? And I didn't want to do anything for my birthday. And I just, one sentence, I don't want to do anything for my birthday, and it's pretty straightforward. Um, but for her, you know, I was just turning 25, so she was excited, and you know, whatever it is, and a new wife, whatever. So she didn't plan anything. She goes to the Christian bookstore to buy me a card, or some kind of a gift, or something like that. She runs into our priest there, she tells him about my birthday, and next thing I know, there's a knock at the door, 7 o'clock p.m., and he's got her birthday cake and all kinds of fun. So somehow she interpreted, I said, I don't want to do anything for my birthday, turned into tea and cookies with our priest at 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> <clears throat> the problem, okay, the problem, all joking aside, the problem in most relationships that have serious problems, be it marriage, be it parenting, be it siblings that haven't spoken for years, whatever it may be. The most of the time, the problem isn't anything real. It comes down to communication, or I should say miscommunication and misunderstanding one another. And this is a problem that we see, we've seen in, in our marriage as well, right? I would say we are very, very blessed in that we see <clears throat> eye to eye on so many things and have the same values and principles. So we actually rarely if ever fight about issues parenting money we agree we agree on it all uh, but we experienced a period in our marriage where we would get into these really long fights sometimes lasting like over nothing three days yeah. and we couldn't even remember how the fight began and uh, i think it all boils down to communication mm -hmm. and when we learned a lot of these principles and how to communicate and how we actually end up speak different languages because our personalities are so different. It has helped us tremendously mm -hmm. in our marriage, I would mm -hmm. say. And, and I bet you if you're watching this right now, like think of, of maybe a fight in your marriage or like I said, with a sibling or maybe something, you know, with a parent or a child. And, and oftentimes it's about the silliest of things. And it's, it's not, the issue is actually not really the issue. It's all the stuff around it or how we communicate about it or how we don't communicate about it or feelings that got hurt. And, and what we want to do is we want to get to the heart of this, okay? There's a verse from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Since there is so much power in our tongues, we need to learn how to use them wisely. Words have power of life and death. Words are like swords. You don't just give a sword to someone unless you train them first in how to use it. We need to be that same way when it comes to our words. Step one is to learn our own communication style, how we are uniquely wired. And then step two is to learn how the people around us are uniquely wired and how they hear the words that we say. Because like I said a minute ago, even though we all use the same words, we might not be speaking, speaking the same language. And that gets us to our topic here for today. What we're going to talk about is the reason why we can use the same words but be speaking different language. It comes down to something called temperament. Each one of us has a unique temperament. 
And temperament is not the same as personality. I'll talk about that in a second. The dictionary defines temperament as a combination of your mental, physical, and emotional traits or the one's natural predisposition. Wikipedia says it this way. Your temperament is the consistent individual differences in behavior that are biologically based and independent of learning, systems of values, and attitude. In other words, your temperament is the thing that's hardwired inside you. It's your natural predisposition. It's how you were wired by God to respond in certain circumstances. And you can see this from the earliest of days, okay? Parents with kids, it's very, it's very easy to see that some people are just wired to be more impulsive than others, some more cautious, some more sociable. It's not something that is, is dependent on our education or our culture or anything like that. You can have two kids, you can have twins who are wired very, very differently. That's our temperament. The author of the book, I said this, you heard that. Kathleen Edelman says it this way. She says, temperament is your innate wiring from God, your innate wiring from God, what you're naturally disposed to, like your eye color or fingerprint, it's unchangeable. It's why some people are drawn to the spotlight and stage and others are content with a cubicle and a quiet office. You don't have to choose who you are. I'm sorry, you don't choose who you are and you can't change how you're wired, though many of us try. Now, anytime this topic of temperament comes up, there's a lot of confusion between personality and temperament. And some people push back and say, you know, our personality has many different factors and you can't say it's innately wired. Personality, yes. Temperament, no. They're two different things. It's not an easy thing to distinguish, but I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can help you out right here. Personality is something that is based on many different factors and personality is the what, it's the what you're feeling, the what, the what your behavior is, the what your actions are, the what your thoughts are. It's the what you're doing. The temperament is the why behind the what. So think of it this way. If I got a car that pulls to the left, okay, I got a car that always pulls to the left. Pulling to the left is not something that is unique to my specific car. So I may drive a Hyundai, you may drive a Mitsubishi, that person may drive a, you know, a Honda or a, a Porsche, whatever it may be. You can have different cars that pull to the left. Pulling to the left is something that is in, in my car, okay, my old car, that no matter how many times I got the thing aligned, it always pulled to the left. No matter how many times it got aligned, it always pulled to the left. That's kind of like your temperament, okay? Not all Hondas pull to the left, not all Mitsubishis pull to the left, not all Porsches pull to the right. But what it's saying is you may have different personalities but they may have this common trait, which is they're all impulsive and it can be different personalities or they're all cautious or they're all sociable or they're all whatever it may be. Think of your temperament as, like I said, that pulling to the left, that innate, that hardwired, that regardless of what the kind of car may be or what color it is or what make it is, some cars just, you know, that's just their thing is they pull to the left or some pull to the right or whatever it may be. Think of your personality as the unique kind of car and the temperament as, as the innate wiring that causes it to function in a certain way. And if you don't believe me, okay, this idea of temperament didn't start recently. It's not something that I invented. This goes back thousands and thousands of years to a guy named Hippocrates, okay, which you guys, you, you, you may know, especially all doctors out there, the Hippocratic Oath. Okay, Hippocrates is the father of medicine. And several thousand years ago, Hippocrates studied how people naturally respond in different circumstances. And he came up with his theory of the temperaments, which is that people boil down, it boils down to four basic types 
of responses or four temperaments. And he named them, you see the names up there on the screen, the sanguine, the choleric, the phlegmatic, and the melancholic. You've probably heard about this before. These are Greek names. Hippocrates, his theory was that how you responded was truly hardwired into you. It was based on a certain fluid in your body. That's why these Greek names that you see up on the screen, these are all names of bodily fluid, like phlegmatic comes from the word phlegm. So what they thought really was truly like hard-coded into you that certain people had certain fluids inside them and that's why they responded a certain way and other people different. And he basically said, there are four kinds of people, four ways of people responding in this world. And like I said, you can have a million variations within these categories, but these are the four basic types. Now to make it a little bit easier for us, we're gonna go away from the Greek names and we're gonna use colors instead. And we're gonna call them the sanguine, we're gonna look at as yellow, the choleric red, the phlegmatic green, and the melancholic blue. So we'll stick with the colors because it makes it a little bit easier um, than some of these, these, these names like phlegmatic, okay? Kind of get some phlegm going in your, in your throat right there. So we're gonna look at these four different temperaments and how each one kind of influences or colors the way we communicate. Before I explain what they are, I'm gonna go back to Marianne right here. Before I explain what they are, these temperaments have been very, very beneficial, like learning these colors, and has benefited me personally, and I know it has you and us. So before we kind of get into what each one is, would you agree with me that this has, has brought tremendous benefit to us? 100%, not only to our marriage, but also to our kids. Abuna and I are exact opposites, and Michael and Lizzie are also exact opposites. So me and Michael are on the green <coughs> side of things, and Abuna and Lizzie are on the red side, which is... Uh, kind of detrimental combinations or at least opposites. Uh, so we've really learned how to communicate with each other and, and the kids have learned also how to better communicate mm -hmm. with each other. We see it every day. Mm -hmm. Lizzie will say, oh, well, that's because you're a green mom. That's why you're like this. Mm -hmm. So it's been great for us. And it's not just even something as a family. Okay, we actually discovered this book together. We ordered it and we, when we did the first session together, it comes as like a six week study. And we said, this is so good. We, we have to share this. So we got all the staff together this past summer and we said, we're going to do this as like a group, like just for our staff with, with our, our staff families and things like that. And it was so helpful. And it turned into now we actually have several learning groups who are doing the same study. We did it on our team leader retreat. And I know many people were introduced to it. It's been so helpful. And it's not just transformed us here at home. But also now you could walk into one of our staff meetings at church and you could hear things like, hey, my yellow brain needs a little bit of blue help. Okay, can I borrow your blue brain for this blue task that I got to do? Or you may hear things like, you know what? Things are getting kind of uh, uh, intense or stressful here. We need to bring some green into the room, okay? Bring the greens in here to calm the situation down. Or you may hear something like, all these years, I've been speaking red to you, not realizing that you don't understand red, and I need to translate it to either yellow or green or blue or whatever it may be. So we've seen tremendous benefit from this, and I believe that you will as well, whether at home, at work, if you're a teacher, man, if you're a salesperson, Okay, if you're someone who's trying to, to persuade someone or influence someone, you can benefit tremendously from learning your own strengths, but also learning how to read the room and read the person that's in front of you and understand their language so you can communicate better. Okay, so let's go through these quick. We'll give an overview of the four different temperaments. Okay, and then there'll be a link in the description to this video where you can actually take your own, like an assessment and see what color you are. 
okay? And you can do that after, after we finish, but let's go through a high level. So first thing that you see is there, there's, there's two kind of um, axes here, up in, a horizontal and a vertical. So the top two versus the bottom two can be distinguished based on extrovert versus introvert. So the top two, the yellows and the reds are extroverts. The bottom two, the greens and the blues are introverts. Introvert and extrovert has nothing to do with whether you like to be around people. What it means is your orientation is outward or inward. Is that you process things externally or you process them internally. An extrovert, the yellow and the red, may speak first and later regret it. The introvert, the blue and the green, may be the exact opposite. They may not speak and later regret that, regret being silent when they wanted to, to say something. If you're in a meeting with, with extroverts and introverts, the extroverts, those are the ones who are always interrupting, always the ones who are, oh, but, and I wanted, and can I chime in? And the introverts are the exact opposite. You can get through an entire meeting and they may not say a word. And then at the end of it, you say, oh, that's great that you agreed on everything. And they'll tell you, no, I didn't agree on anything. And you say, why didn't you speak up? And they'll say, because nobody asked me my opinion. That's a classic introvert. Now, vertically, extrovert, introvert, horizontally, the other two axes are people versus tasks. And what you'll see is that the two on the left, the yellow and the green are people oriented. The two on the right, the red and the blue are task oriented. So again, this has nothing to do, extrovert, introvert doesn't mean like people or don't like dislike people. What you see with the green, a green is an introvert who likes to be around people. And a red is an extrovert who is task oriented, not people oriented. So you see, again, it has nothing to do with some people are friendly or some people are sociable. It has more to do with your orientation to the world. How do you know if you're people oriented or task oriented during this time of quarantine? If you're a task oriented person, you start a quarantine with a list of, you got a list of things and we're going to fix this and we're going to paint this and we're going to power wash this. And you want to make sure that every weekend you got something that gets accomplished. You love checking stuff off the project list. If you're a people person, you probably are on a lot of zoom calls or a lot of phone calls. You probably are, you're probably the kind of person who thinks to yourself, how can I connect with this person? You might be the kind of person, especially if you're a yellow that looks out the window, sees someone walking their dog and grabs your dog and see if you can take a walk together. Just a chance to say hello. Okay. Any chance to interact with people. So introvert, extrovert people versus task. Next thing we're going to look at is we're going to look at the different languages that each of the personality, or I'm sorry, each of the temperaments speak. So as you see up on the screen, the yellow speaks the language of people and fun, the red power and control, the blue perfection and order, the green, the language of harmony and calm. And Marianne, why don't you tell us a little bit about what those mean? So um, exactly like you said, Abuna, each temperament has its own language. Uh, and if you think about those words that you said, those are kind of the core motivations for each color. So for example, the greens, our core motivation is peace and harmony. Whereas you as a red, your core motivation is power and control and getting things done. So let's give some examples. So for the yellow, their core motivation is fun and people. Uh, so they tend to be really animated. Their language is very fun, cheerful, animated. When I think about what is the logo of a yellow, 
I think of like pom-poms or a cheerleader <laughs> or something because yeah. they are just, yeah, yeah. just like that. Enthusiastic. <laughs> so yeah. enthusiastic. They're the type of people when they they're send They're probably you... the people as I'm list- as you're listening right now are like, woohoo, a cheer. We <laughs> yes. said yellow. Woohoo. If that's you, you said that, you're yellow. <laughs> you, when they text, they have many exclamation marks and emojis. They're just fun. Uh, so those are the yellows. They say things like, everything is awesome or you know who's gonna be there so Mm. it's uh words related to people and just fun and excitement uh the reds they speak uh more authoritative they're really really confident really bold when they speak uh they say words like hurry up Mm. (laughs) let's go move Mm. they could Uh, be bossy (laughs) they could be bossy in fact the other day uh michael and lizzie were making cookies for our neighbors and uh lizzie I, I just walked in the kitchen for a minute and I could hear her, get the flour, put this in the sink. You know, she just kept giving orders to the, to Michael. In fact, Lizzie, she's, she's a pretty high red. We always joke when we go on vacation that she's always, we're just taking a leisurely stroll on the boardwalk. She's always has to be the first one. Yeah. And I was telling her that I was going to say that about her. And she said, it's not just on vacation. I'm never in the back. <laughs> so they're, really determined uh the blues they're really thoughtful really detailed um their <coughs> words are how can we be safe how can we make sure it's it's a safe place do you really trust this person uh they're also their language is order and perfection so they're extremely thorough so you're also a blue abuna mm-hmm. and i love getting your uh thorough emails they're always numbered bullet yes bulleted points. Uh, What I love actually about the way you communicate as a blue is you've thought through everything, which Mm -hmm. is great for me who doesn't think through all Mm -hmm. those details. So you've thought through it, you've documented it, and then I get to to hear your take on things after you've thought through Mm -hmm. it. Blues love Excel spreadsheets. So if you're a (laughs) spreadsheet person, okay, and I think you would agree with me, not saying about myself, but blues, sometimes they're a little bit hard to crack, but when you are able to kind of build, get the trust of a blue, Okay, and a blue sees you as safe, you're your best ally for life. For sure. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're so loyal. Mm. And um, the last one, the green, so their language is um patient, easygoing, can be passive at times. Uh and and we say words like whatever you want, that's fine with me. Uh anything you want. In fact, someone was telling me that we were about to go on vacation and they asked Michael, what are you guys going to do on your vacation? And he said, whatever dad and Lizzie decide. So <laughs> he is a typical green. Typical green. So just to kind of like like paint the picture, like let's say, you know, the four different temperaments were going out to dinner. Okay, what would it look like if they were going out to dinner? So you would start off and you'd have four people in the room and you'd say, let's say, you know, you're a green. We'd say, we're going out to dinner. And you would probably naturally say what? Where are we going to go? And you would say, wherever you want. It doesn't matter. And then I would say, no, you choose. And you'd probably say, I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A green is very easygoing and, and you know what I mean? Whatever it goes, goes with the flow. Whereas the red we're pro- may get frustrated with that a little bit. Okay. So a red tends to be more kind of take control. And a red would say, you know what? Let's go here. And this is the most efficient. And it's on the way home from whatever. And we can, you know, we have a coupon there and boom, 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 boom. A yellow Okay, yellows, if you're out there and you're yellow, you're thinking, I don't care where we go. I just want to know who's going to be there. Like, this is going to be fun, and let's invite so-and-so. We can bring so-and-so, and I'll send a text out, whatever it may be. 
And a blue, poor blue, is probably sitting there in the corner saying, oh no, are people wearing masks there? And are we gonna, are we gonna be able to, to be safe right there? It may be too dangerous. Okay, so you see the different personality types, or sorry, temperaments, not, not personalities. And what I'm trying, what I would love for you to see in this is that the more and more you understand the different languages, people are not crazy. Just because someone speaks a different language than you doesn't mean they're crazy. That's their normal. So it is normal for the blues to be cautious and worried about safety. It is normal for the yellows to be people-oriented and desire more people and more fun. It's normal for the greens to be laid back. It's normal for the reds to be more take charge. It doesn't mean that someone is bad or is bossy or is rude. It could mean those things, but it doesn't necessarily. And that's one thing that I hope that we take from this is that, you know what? Sometimes it's just someone's temperament, whereas we judge it as an, Im an imperfection in, in kind of who they are in their character, but it certainly isn't that. It's just how they're wired. Now, to help you, you know, see a more, uh, a more complete picture, we're going to watch this little video clip right together, okay, and hopefully help explain a little bit more about the different ter temperaments. Probably by now, you have a pretty good guess as to what your temperament is. But in case you want to go a little bit deeper, we've included a link in the description to the video below. It's www.temperamentquiz.com. And after we finish up here today, I encourage everyone to go click that link and take the 10 minute assessment and see what your color, your temperament actually is. And then over the coming three weeks, what we're gonna do is we're gonna dig deeper into what that temperament does to us and how it affects the way we communicate. Next week, we're gonna look at, based on our temperament, the words that we need to hear in order to feel loved and appreciated and valued and respected. Then a week after that, we're gonna look at how our temperament colors the way we view uh, conflict and stress. And then the final week, we're gonna see how we can appreciate the differences and make the most of the various combinations that exist in our lives. And as we're going through that exercise, the verse that we're going to keep in mind throughout it all is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, 
but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. What I love about this verse, the very first word, St. Paul says, let, let no corrupt word. And the word let teaches us that the words that we speak are a choice. Every time we open our mouths, we have a choice, whether to impart grace or to impart something not grace, to build someone up or to tear someone down. And if we're going to be true followers of Jesus, if we're going to be true Christians, then it's our duty, not just to love God, but also to love our fellow man. And the same way Jesus used different words, but always for the purpose of building people up and showing people who they are and imparting grace to people. He always used words based on what the person needed to hear. And you'll see he very rarely said the same thing twice. To some people, he spoke about water. To others, he spoke about bread. To some people, he healed with a touch. Some people, he healed with a word. Sometimes it was just a look from Jesus that would impart grace. Jesus was always focused on how he can bring edification and grace to his hearers. And because he is the maker of all men and knows how all of us are on the inside, he knew exactly what words to say and not say to reach his audience. Because understanding temperaments changes every conversation. Understanding temperaments changes every conversation. It gives us the tools that we need when we're in the middle of a conversation to pause, time out. Who is the person that I'm speaking to? If I, if I know them close enough and I know their color, what is this? What does the yellow need to hear right now? What is a red thinking right now? This person's a green. A green hears this in this way. A blue person would approach this situation and be thinking, oh my goodness. And when we can put ourselves in the other people's shoes, understand how they hear, not just what we say, but how they hear, then we can truly communicate with them in a much more effective way. I want to finish up by three warnings and one application. Okay, three warnings, one application. Real quick, three warnings. Number one, no temperament is better than any other temperament. No temperament is better than any other. If you're disagreeing with me, you're probably a red. Okay, that's for sure. All the reds are like, no, red is, okay, I know. I'm a red too, so I get it, okay? It's just something I gotta say. No, I'm just joking, okay? No temperament is better than any other. There's no such thing. It's kind of like, like being left-handed or right-handed. Neither one is better than the other, but you know, one presents challenges here, the other presents challenges here, okay? None is better than the other. Any temperament can be a good leader. Any temperament can be, can be funny. Any temperament can be thoughtful. Any temperament can do any of these things, but for just, for some, it comes more naturally than others, okay? But no temperament is better than other. Number two, no two people are the same, even within the same temperament. Okay, so it's not saying there's only four kinds of people in the world, all the reds the same, all the greens the same, all the blues, all the yellows. It's not saying that. Within every temperament, there are different factors that shape the person. And for example, I'm a red who leans towards blue, you may be a red who leans towards yellow, and we may be very, very different than each other, okay? So no two people are the same. And then number three, and most important, understanding your behavior doesn't justify it, okay? So understanding your temperament may explain, may explain why you lose patience quickly, may explain why you tend to be more nervous, may explain why it is that you seem less enthusiastic, but it doesn't, it doesn't justify it. If you're impatient, you need to work on that. Okay. If you're not people friendly, you need to work on that. If you are not responsible, you need to work on that. 
And that's why that gets us to our application. Here's what I want everyone to walk away with. I want everyone to fill in the following sentence. I have a tendency to blank or to be blank, but I will choose to blank or choose to be blank. So for example, how this might look for me. I might say, like I said, I'm, I'm a high red with, with leans towards some blue too. I might say, I have a tendency to want perfection, to be a perfectionist. I have a tendency maybe to be impatient. But I will choose to be gentle. I will choose to not demand perfection. I have a choice, okay? It's a choice that all of us have a choice to make. You may be, okay, if you are a, a green, you may say, I have a tendency to be unenthusiastic. I have a tendency to be low in energy, okay, or not be excited about certain things, but I will choose to get excited about certain things, especially if it means a lot to the people who are around me, to be excited about the things that they're excited about. So each one of us needs to look at this and be honest and say, I have a tendency to be, but I will choose instead to be. And that's what St. Paul taught, taught us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. He tells us that the goal in life isn't just to understand who we are, but to improve who we are. Look what he says here. He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Saying, I am what I am, that's how God made me. But look, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. In other words, I am who I am. This is how God made me. But I will never stop working to improve, okay, and be the best version of me that I can possibly be. So, Marianne, thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm excited about this series. I think um, you are as well. Okay. I'm super excited. So what we're going to do is we are going to uh, continue this discussion next week. We continue learning about ourselves. Okay, take the test, learn who you are, keep the discussion going at home. And then next week, what we're going to start to do is see what it is that we need to hear. Okay, and this would be great if you start to identify the people that are around you and say, why is it that my wife always feels like I'm not loving? Why is it that my husband this? Why is it that my dad always thinks this or my children this or my brother feels disrespected? We're going to talk about that next week. And as an added bonus, we're going to bring Michael and Lizzie. Okay, we're going to bring the kids <laughs> on board right here. So it could be a free for all next week. Only God knows how it's going to go. But uh, I hope you're back next week to join us. Uh, for that discussion, okay? Why don't we bow our heads and say a prayer together. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for everything that you've given to us. We thank you for how you made us. We know, Lord, that you made us all as your workmanship, as your masterpiece. And we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to understand ourselves better so that we can under also understand those around us better and we can communicate in a way that honors you and pleases you and glorifies your name. We pray this in the name of your Son, the intercessions and the prayers of all your saints. Hear us as we pray thankfully. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us here today. 
as we've been doing throughout the past few weeks. I'm going to leave a few questions up here on the screen and give you a chance to keep the discussion going at home or whoever it is that you're hanging out with today. And don't forget to take the test. Go to www.temperamentquiz.com or just check in the description below and you can find it there. Thanks so much for joining us today, everyone. See you back next week.